step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Society 13 Podcast Network. Redefining podcasts. Society-13.com. I like to listen. Welcome to Channel 9 of the STRY Radio Network, where stories live. Before you listen to this podcast, be aware this show often uses very naughty language. If you don't like that, you shouldn't listen. Send your complaints to I am a whiny baby with no sense of humour at nightstory.com or stop by the studio. I'll take you for a ride to a story of my choosing. Welcome to episode 520 of the Ninth Story Podcast. I'm Jeanette Andromeda. And I'm Immortal Alexander. And this is the season five finale. I know, it came up really fast. Our focus for this episode is to follow up on our episode about finding your voice as a writer. That's episode 514 for our new listeners. And uh, then we're going to share some of our plans for season six. That's right. The challenge. So the first thing is the challenge. The challenge. Are you ready for a challenge? The challenge has already happened. My power level is over (laughs) 5,000. So in episode 514, we challenged ourselves to get past the point of raw ideas and to finish some of the things that we've been working on. And uh, for me in particular, that meant writing a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end and to actually finish a story because I have a very bad habit of starting things, having great ideas, and then just abandoning them forever. And then for Alex, what was that? Well, for me, uh, it was a little oh, more complex. I forgot the second half. Oh, you did forget the second I, half. There, there were two halves of my challenge. Yeah. The first one was to create the story with a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. And then the second half was to create artwork based on that story that tried to tell as much of that story as possible, which if you've seen the thumbnail for this week's episode, you will see that reflected. Yes, like a okay. mirror. Like a mirror, like a twisted, multi-legged mirror. <laughs> From another dimension. That's right. Uh, my particular challenge was to finish the first two chapters of my book. Uh, I had a long time ago uh, shared an early version of this called A Dark Place. Um, it was originally supposed to be a screenplay, and then I decided to turn it into a novel. And once I decided to turn it into a novel, uh, I completely changed everything. I gutted the whole thing and started fresh and had a completely different idea about a girl who's like part Native American. And there's a mythical creature, and there's like, it's kind of Scooby-Doo meets death and murder <laughs> with for reals, not like fake 
Not whatevers. just people tied up in the basement with masks yeah. on their faces. Yeah, I'm mean, like I'm not really Scooby Doo, but like there's you know there's elements of that as far as young people trying to figure out a mystery and 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 um, having people that uh, are, are adults not wanting them to and kind mm-hmm. of kind of holding them back from from doing so and it's basically uh, based on this character uh, Sarah Ghostwolf and basically she's a young woman becoming a becoming a woman and so she's conflicted with things in her life crazy things are happening she's getting these visions or whatever they are and these like day mares and uh it's been a lot of fun writing that mm-hmm. i i will say it's been enjoyable seeing like how much of your time you're just like typing away i'm just like i'm proud of you i'm real proud I, i'm trying i definitely haven't written as much this season uh, or this this year as i want to and i definitely need to be more of a daily writer mm-hmm. And we were talking about that with the raw ideas episode to be more of a daily writer. Yeah, and that's 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 definitely something I'm I'm trying to focus on now. And uh, I have actually started making writing part of my daily ritual. Um, now I wake up, I deal with the cats because they always need attention, and then with my cup of coffee, even if all I have is ten minutes, I am sitting down and just writing something. And uh, it's it's really been helping my imagination like i just feel better it, it's been really good and then finally like i have i had started my story multiple times and it went so many different ways it was initially well i'll tell you more once after we hear about it but like i had to restart this so many times and it wasn't until today that i finally got okay this is how i need to fix this and then i was able to actually finish it um yeah so i'm just gonna read a little excerpt from my new book and I'm, I'm not and I'm still writing it and I'm not going to read the whole thing is it's way too long and plus I don't want to spoil everything but just a little dialogue segment segment that I decided to kind of hammer away with a little bit more and just see what everybody thinks Sarah pauses as she reaches the bottom of the stairs she looks at her family and her heart sinks to her stomach It is as if the simple act of joining her family for breakfast would be an acknowledgement of her grandfather's passing. That to begin the day is to leave him behind, to forget his smile, his warm laugh, and his loving eyes that would light up like the sun when he looked upon her. Like walking through molasses, she tries to pull herself from the world of her dreams, of the past, and back into this moment, to this reality. Not out of want, but out of duty. She sits beside her family and stares at the food before her. Everything seems foreign yet oddly familiar. A splat of milk and cereal hits her in the chest. Her brother laughs. Wake up, sis. Sarah raises an eyebrow while setting her gaze upon her younger brother, Matthew, as the milk and cereal descends down her dress. Sarah's mother, Elizabeth, is not amused. Matthew Jonathan Ghostwolf, what is the matter with you? Sorry, Mom. I was only trying to lighten the mood. I just wanted her to... Thanks, Matthew, Sarah replies sarcastically. Her face softens and she gives a little chuckle. I was a little spaced out, but I'm wide awake now. Matthew smiles back. The worry lines leave his face. Sarah looks down at her soiled dress. I'll go change into something a little less soggy. 
Her father shakes his head and returns to his morning paper. Now, one of the... Because Alex had read this entire, the first two chapters of his story to me earlier. And uh, why he shared this part was because my main note was the dialogue was very stilted. And uh, this sounded a lot more natural. It still needs some work. I'm still yeah, you know, but flushing I, I it out. I believe that these characters are from the modern age now. Because before it was very much like... Do you not want me talking Go about ahead, this? Go ahead, talk okay. about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, before it was very like Victorian, and and um, that was that's one of Alex's habits with his writing is he tends to go back into this very like Victorian way of speaking when especially when his characters speak. So he still had that with these characters that are supposed to be in a modern age. Because one of the first things that you talk about, not in this excerpt but in the story, is like her looking at her chipped like glitter nail polish and like, oh, I know when we are. And then she's talking like a Victorian woman and it's like, whoa, what's going on? So this this feels a lot more like you're starting to get the sense of the characters. Yeah, I think I am. And just little by little, I, I'm kind of chipping away at it and trying to figure out uh, who this person is and what her journey is. And I kind of have it all flushed out in my head. Like, I really do want her, you know, she's definitely going to have like a, 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 you know, kind of a love triangle thing, like a conflict uh, with that, you know, just being a young woman and figuring out who she wants to be with and who who's right for her specifically. Uh, and then also trying to figure out what her purpose is on this earth. Like, I think all of us try to struggle, you know, we're have a bigger purpose beyond just our daily ups and downs, but where do we fit in, on this planet? Why are we here? What is our purpose? And her purpose comes to her very kind of violently and without warning in these visions she starts to have they starts to uh, start off as these you know vivid dreams and then she's having them constantly and she's trying to figure out why she's having these visions and what do they mean and mysteries that kind of unfold there's, there's things happening in the specific town she goes to visit and um, that are just regular non-paranormal things that are happening uh, conflicts with uh, Native American people and um, the locals from uh, that particular town and, you know, uh, conflicts of interest within that and companies trying to, you know, kind of grab their land and, and, and do whatever they want. And then there's, you know, Native American lore in there and some supernatural things going on. And is it supernatural? Is it not supernatural? What's happening? And Sarah's just kind of in the middle middle of it. And because she is having these visions, she's deciding whether or not she should be getting involved and if she doesn't get involved, what can she actually do to help anything? Mm -hmm. So you're still kind of in the like research and like rough draft phase for this, right? Yeah, it's all research, rough draft, outline, just a bare bones structure. Uh, so I have the idea of what I want the story to be fully, but I now I'm trying to figure out per chapter where is she traveling to from here to here to here. So each chapter is kind of like a scene, like it takes place in a single location pretty much. Um Mostly, you know, the uh, you know, the first chapter has a, a car ride and a bedroom and a kitchen, but it's within, you know, still within the same vicinity. And, you know, my goal is to try to make every chapter engaging and exciting and have a twist or a, a kind of an open ending to each chapter so that you want to know what happens next. Something exciting happens at the end of every chapter. So you you want to see what happens. You don't want to. Uh, you don't feel like you're just getting a bunch of detail and then nothing happens and it's just kind of like, you know, setting things up. I don't want to just set things up. I want to set things up in, in you know, perpetual motion forward. Mm -hmm. 
And the uh, the parts that he didn't read do, I can vouch for this, do actually succeed with that. Because like, he had read me the first chapter, and that's one of the dream sequences. And I was just like, oh my god, what's next? Um, and then this is more what you were trying to focus on was like character building. Mm-hmm. Because I think both of us actually struggle with that. You know, like, we, I can see a great character when I read it. I have a really hard time putting a real person down on the page. Yeah, I mean, it starts off with basic character building and basic world building. You're just mm-hmm. basically taking these characters. You know what the story is. What's the scenes? Where are they going? And and basically what happens there. And yep. then you go back and you're like, okay, let's do a little more character development and figure out who these people are, which is going to change a lot of the details and the interpersonal interactions. And then go and really build up that world so each location feels tangible, alive. Like you feel like you're there, you're visiting it, you can smell the wood, you can, mm-hmm. you know, taste whatever's in the air. You can, you can, you know, it, you feel like you're there and that these things that, are, you know, are you're kind of learning about. Because I want to put some kind of educational things in there. Like I want to teach, I'm learning about Native American culture and I want to, you know, have people learn about Native American culture and want to learn more about it through the story. And, you know, I don't want to shy away from the fact that, you know, the United States of America, Native Americans have their land taken from them constantly Mm -hmm. and things done to the land that they don't want to have happen, that they don't give permission for. Uh, because it, 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 you know, it's almost like, Hey, it's our country. Who cares? You know, well, we'll just give you a little bit of this and then take some of it back and take some more of it back and take some more of it back. And it's this constant struggle. So I really wanted, since I have a native American character, she's half native American. And I wanted to make it so that, um, you know, you see her not knowing any of this stuff, not being in, in, in ingrained in any of this culture, she just knows she's part Native American, but she wasn't raised with any of that culture or that history. So she's learning about these things as she goes in the story and getting more emotionally connected to these ideas. And like, you know, well, do I can't can I relate to these things because I wasn't raised this way? Mm-hmm. This is my culture. But, I, you know, it's like being an African-American and not really understanding what that means. Or like for you being italian but you know not necessarily being connected to all that that means yeah i don't i don't have the entire i mean i have a you good have a amount of a, a good amount of connection and you know my parents at least pronounce things correctly some some italian families that are Ricotta. here you know just take on these new ways of saying traditional italian words that are not really traditional or italian mm-hmm. uh it's just you know kind of a bastardized version of the language or or the way you pronounce things which is fine hey you do you. Language thrives. It moves. It lives. It breathes. Yeah. It changes. It it blahs. <laughs> it blahs. So where do you? What are you working on next with this story? What's your next goal? Well, my next goal is to just build the next scene. Like I have a scene. I it, you know I have to finish the scene I'm, I'm on. I have a pretty roughly finished chapter two. I want to end it in a much more powerful way. Mm-hmm. And then I want to begin chapter three and and keep going. Chapter three, chapter four, chapter five. Just keep going. And roughly bang out what the whole story is per scene, what's happening. And these things are going to change. It's not, you know, full sentences. It's not completely written, you know, novel format. It's Mm -hmm. just rough ideas, just basic girl walks in room, whatever, where, you know, basic, basic ideas. Like I basically just going to take their basic, basic, basic. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, rough ideas of what each chapter is and what's happening. I start off with like about a paragraph 
worth of ideas of what's happening in that scene. Where does it take place? What's happening? Who's there? That's it. Move on to the next chapter. Just the basic concepts, Mm -hmm. nothing complex. And then after I'm done with kind of outlining the whole book from start to finish, then I'm going to go in and and really, really hone in on developing these characters. And that might just happen during the outline process too. Who knows? I might just make notes, but I'm not going to be changing my process until I finish Mm -hmm. what the outline is. I'm still going to be, I might take some notes about specific characters and things that I want to kind of focus on specifically with those characters specific traits or wants and needs that I want to focus on those characters, but I'm not going to uh, stop what I'm doing and then try to jam that in there because it just, it just grinds the whole process to a halt. Like the, the goal is to take a specific process right now it's outline and just ram through it like a freight train, Mm -hmm. get it done. If I happen to take some notes along the way, just take a little quick note and then jump right back and keep going, keep going, keep going. Don't stop the momentum. And then move on to the next process, character development, and pick a specific one character and just focus on that one character. Who are they? What are their wants and needs? And where do they come from? What's their background? How are they raised? Just really focusing deep on this character and uh, putting them through these personality quizzes to kind of figure out what their interpersonal relationships were with their friends and family and do that with all of my characters. Mm -hmm. And if new characters crop up, great. Take a quick little note, but just keep going. Don't Mm -hmm. stop and and create a new character. Finish the characters I have on my spec sheet, then go back, figure out if this character is a person, why are they there? But if they're just kind of nebulous, then start taking the characters I've developed, bring them through the outline, bulldoze the outline, and recreate you know specific scenes or a little more flushed out scenes and then if there if there's a need for this other character then i flush that person out and bring them in there it's just it's just step-by-step processes Mm -hmm. where you don't stop and you just keep moving exactly that's uh definitely the technique i took with this story because the one that i wrote um because I definitely, I have a hard time finishing stories. I have so many starts. I have so many starts. And and for a while, I was like, oh, maybe I'll just work on one of these other ones that I've been starting with. But I want to get back into the habit, because at one point, I was decent at it, of just taking an idea, fleshing it out, and getting a beginning, a middle, and an end. And being okay with the fact that that's all that is until I go back and and for me, editing's easier. It's much easier mm-hmm. after like a week to read it through and go, ah, no, cut this, add this, cut that. So that's what I'm looking forward to next in my story. But here's a, here's what I will share from mine. I will, oh, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> so I have like a whole page and a quarter that I want to share. I haven't done a lot of editing on this yet. Um, so you're, you with your quizzical face. I have a quizzical face. (laughs) Stop it. Stop judging. Don't judge me. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to read some of what I have. Mm -hmm. Even though it's too much. Prying her eyes open, she can see the faintest dot of light glimmering high above her. Her backpack cushions the back of her head but she can feel the beginnings of a really nice road rash down the length of her back where her shirt had pulled up during her descent. Taking a moment, she takes stock of her body, remembering those times her mom had told her what to do if someone has a nasty fall. Start from the toes and work your way up. Juliet wiggles her toes, all good there, and slowly, one leg and arm at a time, 
She wiggles and rotates everything until she's satisfied she didn't break anything. That's a freaking miracle, she mutters, trying to sit up. Looking around her, she can't see much. Just a big void of darkness. But from where she's... <laughs> Sorry. Looking around her, she can't see much. Just a big void of darkness. But from what she can see, she's sitting in a dirty pool of water surrounded by pillars of stones. Stalactites, she thinks? Or are they stalagmites? She shrugs. She never could keep those two straight. <laughs> she looks back up at where she slid from and stands. She presses her hands against the walls, her fingers searching for any kind of holds. The walls of the chute are slick, but there are some stones and a little further up, even roots sticking out. If she could just reach those roots, she may be able to pull herself back up. Juliet digs her fingers into the earth above one of the nearest protruding rocks and tests her weight on it. It pulls out of the wall easily, sending a shower of earth into her face. She wipes it away from her eyes with a filthy sleeve, spitting dirt from her mouth, and continues feeling around the edges for a handhold or a foothold. But no matter where she tries, she just pulls more earth down onto herself. No, 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 no. Panic finally starts to slip in. Fighting back tears, Juliet takes a step back and pulls her phone out of her pocket, unlocking the screen. Suddenly grateful that she had bought that clunky waterproof case. No service, of course. Why would she have service 30 feet underground? Juliet clicks on her flashlight app and looks around the cave again. Dark water, slick walls, and stone spikes. Great. She shines her flashlight around, searching for any more piles of dirt or leaves, hoping that maybe this hole isn't the only entrance. On the far side of the cave, she can see a pile less reflective than the rest of the wet surfaces. She makes her way slowly across the uneven floor towards the pile. Sloshing closer, she can start to make out some details, a little strip of something reflective. A zipper? She pokes the lump with her foot before grabbing an edge and lifting it up. It's black with mildew, but looks like maybe it was a tent at one point. The material kind of felt like it, though mostly it felt like slimy mud. As she lifts the fabric, Juliet notices a new sound. Moving water. She pulls harder on the tent, taking a few steps back, and it's as if she pulled the plug out of a drain and the pool around her starts to flow past. She tosses the tent aside and shines her light into the space. There's a nice size hole there, just big enough for her to crawl through. Juliet takes another pass around the cave, looking for another way out, even trying to climb back up the sides of the mud wall again until she's exhausted. Looking at her phone one more time, 30% battery, still no service, she sighs and turns back to the yawning darkness of the little hole. She sticks her hand through first, shining her light around, and it seems like there's another large space just beyond the hole. Her backpack goes through first, thumping through to the other side, and then she slides herself in, trying without success not to scrape her back any more than necessary. Dropping down to the next space, she has to stand a little hunched as the space is about a head too short for her. Shining her light around, she realizes she's in a tunnel. She grabs her backpack, putting it back on, and pauses, listening. Silence. On her left, an empty expanse of darkness and tunnel. To her right, the same, except... She shines the light down by her feet. The water went this way, so that means it's sloping down. To the left it is. Moments later, Juliet rushes back, heading past in the other direction, stumbling over her feet, eyes wide with terror, and hoping that what she just saw would stay occupied with whatever it was chewing on. 
long enough for her to get away. Far, far away. And that's uh, where I'm going to leave you. <laughs> um, so basically, where this story came from was initially when I had this idea for this challenge in particular, I had a thought. I wanted something to do with a cave. I didn't know what that meant. And when I started writing this, I started it over and over and over again, trying to start from the beginning of a story, figuring out, like, how do they end up in a cave? Because initially it was a group of people. And then I just had an idea last night, actually, as we were driving home. Um, and it was just this scene of someone crawling out from the ground and rolling over and laughing at the sky as rain falls in her face. And I'm like, that's where it ends. Okay, so... I wrote that part, and then I wrote the next scene behind it, and then I wrote the next scene behind that, and I worked my way all the way back to where you just heard at the beginning, and then I rearranged everything and went from there, and, and now I'm starting to kind of like work my way through it, and it, dude, this character needs some help. She is not a person yet. She's just like, I'm a thing doing stuff. Look, I'm in an interesting place. This could get a lot better. Well, I think sometimes that is the story. <laughs> sometimes you don't have a fully fleshed out character. Like sometimes I'll write stories that I really just want the reader to put themselves in that shoe, in those person's shoes. I don't really need to flesh that person out as Elizabeth Montgomery the <laughs> third or whatever. It it can just be general person A or B. It doesn't even have to have a specific gender. Yeah, And it can just be a person going through some kind of crazy adventure because it, it, at that point, it just feels dreamlike. Which like, was my goal. Like when you're, you have a dream, sometimes it doesn't even feel like you. Sometimes it just feels mm -hmm. like like some sort of avatar you're living through and having an experience. And that, and that could be fine. Most of my dreams are in third person. I rarely see through my own eyes in my dreams, <laughs> which is weird. Um but I'm I'm really excited about where this story is at the moment. I did successfully write, here's your beginning. There's a middle where something crazy happens. There's a lot of centipedes. And then there's the end, <laughs> which you just heard, which is her like crawling out of the earth like some demon earthworm. Um, so I'm excited about where it is right now. There's definitely, I'm going to give it like a day or two before diving back into it to edit. And then there's more I want to work on this. So it's not done yet. When it is done, I'll probably share it on the blog and then I'll, I'll tweet it out through the ninth story and everything. Um, it definitely needs some more work, but I have succeeded in writing a full story. <laughs> and so how do you feel overall about where your story is now? I'd say it's about 40% done. Because I have the framework, I actually know, okay, I have a decent idea-ish of who this character is. I know the path that she takes. And unfortunately, like, a lot of my writing goes point A, point B, point C. And it's a little too, like, on a track, it feels. So part of what needs work as she goes through this journey is more character from her and more in this world that she's fallen into because as we get further into the caves she discovers not just this monster that she ran away from I, I just uh, I find it funny that I don't even share what exactly that is just her like passing back because I see it as like 
a clip from a movie. She like comes out, like we see that whole process of survival. She takes a left and goes, nope, 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 nope. And runs in the other direction. Like the camera didn't even move. (laughs) To me, that's funny. But then we get to see through her, like not through her eyes, but on her journey, some of these other things that she's seen. And there's this other uh, world of creatures down there. So I want to know more about those creatures that she discovers, these stone men and these giant centipede creature things. Um, And I want to flesh more of that out. So I think my goal with this one is more world building than anything else and and getting more into my fantasy roots, I think. So you mean more perspective than than camera? Because you're like, you know, but you're thinking about it very cinematically. I think about it cinematically. Okay. Like I, I am too immersed in in making movies to not think of things in camera angles mm-hmm. <laughs> and for my story i mean it's just i said it's just more really hammering things out like i have the meat i know what it is i know where i want it to go it's just about hammering out all those scenes in a, in a very very basic rough draft skeleton outline and then going from there and then and then just kind of taking all the various steps that I had from the writing course I took and doing all the research and development, uh, taking my time with everything, you know, just kind of, you know, if, if you're always moving forward with it, then it's going to get done. Mm-hmm. And that's my goal is to get this thing to a really pretty much polished, almost done state in six months. That's my goal is to, to basically have this thing pretty much done in six months. And if I want to go in do some additional research and just kind of flush out some locations a little bit better to give more detail to them, a little more research and development to uh, all the little little things about Native American lore and culture and, and objects and clothing and whatever so I can give better descriptives of things, then that's great. You know, that's really mm-hmm. what I want to kind of constantly add, 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 build the world, build the world, build the world and, and see where I want those details to lie. I don't want things to kind of screech to a complete halt I want things to be always having a lot of great momentum, but I also want to be able to slow it down a little bit, which is just enough detail for your mind to fill in the blanks. Because mm-hmm. I, I also want to fill in this world. Like there are scenes that I want to fill in where it's like I need to go look at like pictures of caves and 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 what actually is underground. Because right now all I'm drawing from is this one movie that I made. <laughs> which is deep in the darkness and I am just thinking of these earthen like mud tunnels that we had built for these characters um in our movie and that's the world that I'm living within I I'm just going back to that set and crawling around in circles um but adding adding my own monsters to the darkness so I'm I'm really enjoying this and I'm enjoying the fact that every single morning even if it is just for 10 minutes I've been sitting down and going okay knuckle crack let's do some writing and that's, and that's exciting. And I think that, you know, for your particular story, I think it's going to be about figuring out, does the monster actually represent something? Oh, you're talking layers, man. Layers now. Does the monster actually, is it just a creature that you're just building as like it's a wolf monstery kind of, you know, whatever? It's eventually, I think, going more like... The the influences are are definitely Alice in Wonderland because in my sure. head the working title is uh, Juliet's Adventures in Underworld <laughs> or or uh, the Underground or something like that. So it's kind of Alice in Wonderland. Sure. So I want some more like nonsense, just like some some like 
cognitive dissonance is my term to sound fancy, but really just some absurdity as sure. she's exploring down of there. Of course. So that's what I hope to explore. But I, I don't want it to be quite Alice in Wonderland. There's not like talking rabbits. Mm-hmm. Most of this is nonverbal. Um, what she's going to experience, she's the only one who has like spoken word. Sure. I want to see if I can make... Uh, I'm not sure what the sentient creatures down there without giving them the ability to talk, which I've started to do in some of the later scenes. Uh, Cause it's like, I want to see how much I can tell about the culture of the creatures down there, mm-hmm. about the world that's down there without her actually being able to speak the language, which on our trip to Italy, I think I will be able to draw a lot from because I don't speak Italian very well. So I'm just going to be thinking about Juliet. <laughs> which is what we're doing in August. So Yeah. yeah. So um, that's my segue into the second half of the show. And uh, we are going to have a little bit of a commercial break. Well, before we go into oh. that, before we go into the break, I just wanted to say that... Uh, I just had a thought. Okay. And, and it was just that I definitely feel that any creature in a, in a story needs to have, it needs to represent something in the person that you're, you're, you're having as your main character. Um, and not, and it, could, it doesn't have necessarily have to be like a manifestation of that thing, but basically just a way to have the character evolve, like the, the, the creature interaction or finding mm-hmm. a creature interacting with a creature, you know, whatever it is. The creature should represent something, you know, um, either in folklore or in just in that person's wants, needs, desires, fears, whatever it is, something that that person really needed that they never wanted to face. And then you have something about that ends up in the creature design or, or yeah. something. I, I at first breath, I I think what she's going up against is her own solitude. Because why the hell is she out hiking in the woods by herself? You know, like, and then she ends up falling down a hole. That's how I imagine she ended up here. She's mm-hmm. just out hiking for the day and she's like, duh, duh, I don't need anybody. Oh my God, I'm underground. If only I had a friend, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So this is, I, I imagine it's kind of exploring, like, why was she out hiking on her own? That I think will come up as I flesh out the rest of her story. Why did she feel like she could you know just like why does she need that solitude like this i don't know i don't know exactly where this is going i have some structure i have something to build off of now's the fun part where i can start to add mm-hmm. add some depth yeah because right now it's just like there's a person she goes here she sees a scary thing whoa and then she goes somewhere and she sees another scary that's it that's all i'm doing right now so this well, is that, the part where the i can outline. do better that yeah. is the <laughs> I have it outlined outline uh of the story and, you know, you, you're going the way you're going about it, which other people write differently. Mm-hmm. And if you write just by like idea, write it, just keep going, going, going and doing it and yes. not outlining it. That's fine. Well, when I outline, it gets super stiff. So if I try to follow the story, like, OK, she's here. This is a moment. I go in moments. I see vignettes. Mm-hmm. And then as I figure out the vignettes that I think are part of the story, then I go back and I start to piece things together. This is how I've written like plays and things like that in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, none of which y'all would be able to hear because they are forever immortalized in my high school career. Um, <laughs> Could share it. I, I don't know if I have. Well, I, yeah, I do have those scripts. Um, that'll be maybe later on. Um, but I, I always start with vignettes. I see a scene and then I have to like piece together how we got there. 
So now that we've kind of caught you guys up on where we are with our progress in our stories, we are going to have a quick commercial break and then we'll be back with talking about what season six is going to bring and what our plans are and how we feel about how season five has gone and how fast it's gone. Man, can you believe it? We made it to 20 episodes. Woo! Commercial! Oh my god, that was a commercial! Welcome back! Now we're going to talk about what is season six going to be and what is the ninth story going to be because we're taking two whole months off. See, when we first did this podcast, we took it over from Dan Foytik and had no idea what we were doing. None whatsoever. So we came in with our only our knowledge as filmmakers and writers and artists and kind of said, hey, you know, we're love storytelling. We love the Ninth Story podcast. Mm-hmm. We would love to to, you know, take this podcast and bring it to new places and try different things. Um, but what we ended up doing is just kind of winging it. You mm-hmm. know, we would pull from whatever you know, authors we can get a hold of that we thought were really excellent and trying to do interviews and figuring out what, you know, what are they all about? But we really didn't, we tried a little bit to kind of figure out a structure for what we wanted it to be, but we were still kind of nebulous on what the whole season is as, as a whole, as far as what the message is in season five. Very much so. And I think season five was just about like, let's try this. Like that was the theme. Let's try this. And I am incredibly happy with just looking back at the episodes we have recorded, the last 20 episodes, 19 episodes, this is episode 20. Um, like, we've talked to some incredible people, some really talented people, and I love talking to authors. And the one thing that I do want to add is one of the downfalls, I think, to interview podcasts is if you're just doing, like, your basic interview with each person, there's not, it, it's hard to bring someone back, you know? So what we want to do is bring in a little bit more of an educational aspect of it, have more episodes kind of like us sharing what we're doing and going in like our first person narrative episode into like specific things. But that means we can bring in some of these authors that we've been talking to that we're friends with to really help us dive into specific things that we want to talk about. Like Stacey Longo brought all of this knowledge about editing and publishing, and I would love to go back and talk more specifically about that with her. You know, there's a lot of people that have a, like these plethora of knowledge that I want to tap into everybody's genius and share it with you. Exactly. So if we, you know, have a flow from from uh, the beginning of season six to the end of season six, where we start off with some very uh, basic beginner topics like grammar and structure and move on to more advanced topics like how to get most of um, how to get the most out of a writing convention. Mm hmm. And how to get your work published and what's publishing all about. And, you know, if you want to self-publish or whatever. And we did touch on those topics, but I think that having a very specific structure and having episodes that are not, that are definitely, you know, tapping into the interview portion of how did you create your tales and all Mm -hmm. that. But also adding another layer of let's talk about a very specific topic that we've outlined and we've kind of pre-interviewed and figured out and flushed out with our interviewee um, about, you know, what. How do they, would they tackle this topic? What is their specialty? How how do they you know do this as a professional? Exactly, and um, I think having that that structure of more like okay, what do we want to accomplish with this episode beyond just having a conversation? Because we always have great conversations, and I think that's part of why I liked the ninth story in the first place was the conversations. Um, but we want to bring just just like one step further. Like, yeah. how can we help? 
you guys who are writing just like we are, how can we help? Like what tools can we give? What knowledge can we share? And one of the things that, I don't know if you'll want to cut this part out um, or not, but one of the things that we, Alexander and I, want to create and publish is a series of short stories that are kind of like scary stories to tell in the dark with um, illustrations from me. So part of that will be, we want to learn how to self-publish. Like we want to go through how to put together an ebook, how to get it on Amazon, how to get people to buy it. And then we'll be sharing that journey with you as we go through this. And then maybe, uh, fingers crossed, you know, like an actual publisher would want to work with us on something down the line. And then we can share with you that process. So we're learning a lot as we go through. And now we're going to like get more specific with what we want to learn and what we want to teach. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a complete reinvention of the show. It's just more adding additional layers and having a very specific structure to the season and doing a lot of more research and development before we go and, you know, and, and outlining the whole season, the season mm -hmm. as a whole before we actually go in and produce it. Because we didn't do that at all. We no. really went and just contacted a bunch of different uh, creators of content, authors, illustrators, narrators. narrators, screenwriters, directors. You know, we just contacted people that, you know, we really kind of went based on the way Dan did it as far as the kind of people he reached out to mm -hmm. and then reaching out to people that we were familiar with as well. And, um, and some people actually reached out to us directly of themselves yeah. and said, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Would you be interested in having us on? Um, you know, like we had for last week, we had John Brell on or Brell. Br Brell. Brell? We Brell. keep messing up Brell. his last name. I'm so sorry, I think John. It's, <laughs> I, I, I said Brell. But we had John Brell, and John Brell reached out to us. You know, he was a fan of the show, and he was on Twitter, and he said, hey, you know, how did somebody like myself get on the show? And I read some of his – I said, send me some of your work, and I read it, and I was like, this is excellent. And, yeah, we're okay, come on on. You know, that mm -hmm. was – it was as, as good as that. And, and I don't think it's going to be any different. It's just that we really want to make sure that we have very specific topics. So that means if someone does reach out to us, they may not be on that particular season, or they may not be on until later in the season if we already have it all kind of blocked out, if there's not a specific topic – that they feel they have enough knowledge that they want to talk about. You know, we, we definitely will have maybe some offshoot episodes. Maybe we'll go a little bit longer for season six in order to mm -hmm. be able to have some more of the traditional, you know, nine story podcast episodes here and there, just to kind of give a little bit of a break from the main structure and say, okay, we're going to go off for a tangent for a second and then come back. And that's fine. I mean, we don't, we don't have to, you know, be completely blocked in. We can have a little more flexibility. Yeah. But I think having the structure <laughs> behind the show will really help us and uh i i help us be more consistent if nothing else yeah and uh to be less in a panic every week when we're like who are we going to interview this week you know because one of our our biggest goals was to just i think for this season it was to make sure that we were going to enjoy creating a podcast because we've never done a podcast before um i've helped you know like with yeah. with dan on the last season and with the wicked library but I've never created one. I, I, I still feel like I haven't really created one because you, Alexander, do all of the heavy lifting. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you both really have a lot of – I definitely structure the interviews. Like a lot of the questions are things that I've created based on what I think Jeanette will ask and mm -hmm. what she, I know she's going to want to know about. And what I how to flow from one question to the next. So it, it has a, a flow from start to finish. It's not just random questions going back and forth to the same topic. We try to I try to stay from this topic to this topic to this topic to this topic so that it flows from start to finish. And so yeah, I do produce that portion of it and I make sure the audio sounds good and I make sure that we're both going back and forth and who asks what question. But we both, 
you know, participate in that and figuring out what the flow should be to the conversation because I'll write a bunch of questions up and then you'll look at it or you'll mm-hmm. write questions and then I'll add a bunch to it. So, you know, yeah, I do kind of make sure it has a structure, but right, but you're very much a part of the development of that episode. Definitely. But you do all of the behind the scenes stuff. You know, you are the one who's doing the editing, who's doing the uploading, who's figuring out like how to use our new hosting and everything. Like I'm just, Except well, that's, that's it's props. I, I take, I'll take it. But yeah, Dan is a big part of that. Dan, Dan Foytik awesome. is a huge part of teaching me. Yeah. He's been doing an excellent job of teaching me how to run all this stuff and, and how it should work. And also, you know, taking a step back and allowing us to grow and, and mm-hmm. figure it out on our own, which a good parent should. Good job, Dan. He's the, he's the daddy of this podcast. He so is. We, are his, <laughs> we are his weird babies. God, we're weird. Not real babies, but you know. Ew, are we siblings? No, Ew. that'd be weird. <laughs> but like, you know, like we're the spawn of his original concept. Mm-hmm. Like we really uh, took it and now are becoming what we want to be, you know, and but still taking all of the essence of what Ninth Story is and how it it, it always how it started and and where it should be. And we really didn't want to completely reinvent things. And when Dan mm-hmm. approached us, he's like, well, do you want to, you know, make your own thing from the scratch or do you want to continue? You want to call it something else? Says so, no, I, I like the Ninth Story podcast. We mm-hmm. like what it was, and I, I like the idea of taking that legacy and, and moving it forward. So we're excited to be moving forward with this. And if you guys have any particular favorite episodes, let us know. If there's something you would love to touch on, let us know. Again, Twitter's probably the best place to find us at Ninth Story Podcast on Twitter. Exactly. And I did want to say quickly that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these interviews do influence our writing and creativity oh, constantly. They they get into our subconscious. Like when we did the Helen Grant interview uh, and talking about research, I oh, wrote yes. a little poem on horrormade.com about research. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share it for you right now. <laughs> share it with you. Yeah. It's called Research is the Source of All Evil. To find the core of your tale of terror, you must slice through the flesh Find the details in reality. True terror that is beyond fiction. Pluck them from the still-beating heart and splash crimson on the page. Families savagely eviscerated by an animal. Maniacs stores human head in freezer. Tear the details from reality. Make your readers squirm with repulsion and delight. Find true terror. Then wrap it in a layer of delicious fiction dark fantasies that lay waiting in your subconscious tear them from your mind stick a blade in the shadow's eye stretch the darkness like a marionette and make it your slave for your pen is its only release to play within the boundaries you have set is its only delight fear me and feast on the spectacle of terror i have wrought it is now taken root in your mind and is something you can never forget. I just hit my head on the microphone. <laughs> Yay. Yay. And one, definitely one of the things we want to talk about next season and we're going to be a part of it is NaNoWriMo. So. Oh, yeah. Um, and, dude, NaNoWriMo is something that every year I'm like, I'm going to do NaNoWriMo. And then I do uh, Inktober the month before and then I'm exhausted. But this year I'm going to prepare for it. Um, NaNoWriMo, if you're not familiar with it, is National Novel Writing Month, 
And if you go to NaNoWriMo.org, even right now, they have a lot of resources for like how to prepare for NaNoWriMo, which is November. Um, and I am going to start reading some of those things a little bit more thoroughly so I can be prepared to actually engage in this month, uh, it, this year's yeah. contest. And we're going to be reaching out to those folks and uh, partnering up for an episode and talking about some cool stuff. Well, tentatively, they haven't agreed to anything, but we're going to ask. We're gonna make it happen. <laughs> it's happening. It's going to happen. We, NaNoWriMo, we want to talk to, I want to talk to authors who have completed books through NaNoWriMo. There's a, like Nelson Piles is one that you guys are all familiar with, but there's a bunch of authors that I have read recently that their projects started in NaNoWriMo and they got them published because of that. So I want to bring on some of them, talk about their journeys, talk about their process, um, and really just delve into being more a part of the community, even just outside of the little, the little one we have here, but I love you guys. So, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna have more friends. It'll be great. <laughs> and season six will be launching on Monday, September 4th. September 4th. So when you are driving around on, what is it, Labor Day weekend? Uh, it's, yes. Labor Day? You'll have some entertainment and uh, get you ready for that whole, like, making things happen in the September fall time frame. Thank you so much for listening. And while you are waiting for us to come back from our break, please check out some of the other podcasts we think you will enjoy, such as The Wicked Library. So if you just are desperately in need of more interviews and my voice, as well as really great stories, The Wicked Library is the place to find me. I will still be doing interviews over there, which is their post-show interview after their incredibly well-produced stories rather than just our little voices. And And The Lift which is another audio drama podcast about a little girl named Victoria. You'll recognize her. When you enter the lift of her very odd building, you must make a choice. Make the wrong choice, and you'll be stuck there forever. But only if you've been particularly naughty. <laughs> it's Both of those are fantastic, fantastic podcasts, and uh, we're a little biased because Dan, who created the ninth story, also created the lift and is the main producer for the wicked library and main narrator so if you need some more entertainment we highly recommend going over there and if you miss me come visit the wicked library you'll hear more author interviews in between and some of our other favorite podcasts include sable which is an ongoing narrative audio drama about an ever-changing reality evil gods gore and mayhem Sable is written and created by Lane Lloyd, who we had on as an esteemed guest this season. And uh, I know he is technically on a break right now as well, but if you haven't heard his episodes, you have to start from the beginning regardless. So go back, listen to them all, and then uh, go support him on Patreon because he has some extra stories coming out while he's on break. Yeah, it's kind of like an audiobook, so you have to listen from the very beginning. Yeah, you do. Otherwise, you're like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> It's kind of like cool. jumping into Doctor Who and not knowing who Doctor Who is. Yeah, it's still cool, but <laughs> a little disconcerting. Definitely. Um, and then, as you will know, this is one of our other favorite podcasts because we've had multiple narrators from there on this season, and that is the No Sleep Podcast. So that's a lot of creepy tales of terror told in the first-person perspective every single episode. And it features two of our guests, like I mentioned, but it is specifically Addison Peacock and Jessica McAvoy, and you can hear... All of their beautiful word performances over there. <laughs> That's a great sale. I am so good at sales. Aren't you glad you're listening? You're selling it real oh hard, my honey. God, so good. 
Last but not least, there's Uncanny County, which is also another audio drama podcast. This podcast is a collection of weird tales that take place in the same town. If you like things like The Twilight Zone, you'll love Uncanny County. Uncanny County is the unholy creation of Todd Faulkner and Allison Crane, who are also guests of this podcast this season, the Ninth Story Podcast. They were here. So, yeah, we we had a lot of... uh... We had a lot of people we were fans of on this season, yeah. and uh, I'm sure I you could tell when I was fangirling, which was frequently, um, <laughs> like a lot of people. There's, it was just really cool. Yeah, we, and, and speaking of Doctor Who, we had Brian Coldrick on this season, who is an illustrator for the Doctor Who show. Yep, he's done illustrations for some of their special effects. So, um, and and then there's 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 so many people and so many amazing podcasters that we've had on pulsating, you know, subject found and a bunch of other things. And just if you haven't listened to all the episodes, go back through the catalog, listen to some of our episodes, and then you'll discover these new podcasts that can kind of fill your ears with joy in between Yeah, if, if while we're making some <laughs> magic happen. If you are new to this podcast, we just took over for season five. Jeanette was uh, co-hosting for season four Indeed. with Daniel Voitek, but if you start from the beginning of this podcast, you're going to hear just Dan and mm-hmm. then... Season four, Dan and Jeanette, and now season five is me and Jeanette, Immortal Alexander and Jeanette. Andromeda, that's me. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening and for everyone who does, you know, just like take the moment to tweet at us and talk to us. Like, you guys are amazing and you have uh, made this first season that we've done without, without, you know, having Dan on to help us out. Kind of magical. It's been challenging at sometimes just trying to keep up with everything, but I'm really excited about creating the next season and going in with a little bit more of a plan and a little bit more structure so we can get more value to you guys. Yeah, and if you want to continue to talk to us during the break, you can find us at Ninth Story Podcast on Twitter. On Twitter. And that's really the best place to find us, although we are also on Facebook and other places. But go there first. We'll guide you through the rest. Exactly. So, uh, question I, of the question summer. Question of the summer. Yeah. Um, hmm. Don't go in the water. A lot of people have fears of the water. What about the water are you afraid of? Like if it's like a still body of water or a body of water in motion? Just body which one, of water. Which ones give you the most fear? And like, let's say like a lake. What's at the bottom of the lake? Are you afraid of what's at the bottom of the lake? Yeah, oh, okay. Actually, I am afraid of lakes because I used to be a lifeguard mm-hmm. and um, I leeches are one thing I don't like, but lakes in general, like they just bring out this fear in me because as a lifeguard working at a summer camp, we'd have to do lost bather drills and then we'd have to like wherever you hear the womp, womp, womp sign, you have to run to the lake from wherever you are. It doesn't matter if you're in the shower, like go run to the lake and then you have to dive in because I was one of the lifeguards into the deep end and start like sweeping the bottom of the lake to see if there's a body and every time that I had to do that I was so afraid that I was actually going to bump into something or someone and I just like oh god lakes still bring out like this just visceral fear of dead bodies I guess so tweet us at nine story podcast with your fear Uh, whether it be rational or irrational, of bodies of water. And until next time, my friends, stay creative. See you soon. This fall, this September. It's going to be good. September 4th. 
<laughs> Should I just get the song up? Nah, it's better if we mess it up. Yeah, we're going to mess it up. <laughs> Private eyes are watching you, watching your every move. Private eyes are watching you, private eyes are watching you, watching you. <laughs> That's because we didn't call Skype today, so. You're welcome. <laughs> XOXO, I love you. Bye bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.